David, how are you? I'm great, Rhonda. It's good to see you. How's life for you? It's good down here in Florida, summertime, while we're recording our first episode of Holy Experiments, Strategy for Joining God's Mission in the World. Yeah, this will be, uh, I guess, a new season of Pastor Life Podcast, and we're also experimenting around with a vlog and trying to take some content that uh, I've been working on in this short series, and then we'll circle back around and and develop some content that you've been working on in a, a series to come. That's right. Well, this is season six of Pastor Life Podcast. Can you believe we've been doing it this long? Man, hard to believe. It's been a good ride so far, right? We've uh, covered a lot of territory together. Yeah, we sure have. We've had some incredible guests. This season is just one guest, and it's David Brown, the Reverend Dr. David Brown. Uh, David, of course, you know, as uh, his main role in life is to be my partner in Pastor Life Podcast. Um, But while he's not recording Pastor Life Podcast, he is the pastor of the Welcome Table, uh, a church that he helped to found in Rock Hill, South Carolina. David is also a, what are are you with New York Life? What's your title? (laughs) So technically, I'm now a financial advisor with Eagle Strategies, uh, which is a company within the New York Life family. So I, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do with churches and pastors in terms of uh, asking good questions, helping them come up with a plan to get from point A to point B in their spiritual or leadership lives. Uh, I do that with people in their finances too. Same thing, yeah. just a different conversation. Yeah, you've helped me and my husband get a <laughs> long-term care policy. So in addition yeah. to hanging out with you, sometimes I get a bill from you. So that's fun yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. David also teaches um, a class at Duke Divinity um, for the D-Men program. And the class that he teaches is pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure what the title of that class is. Can you tell tell us what that title is? Yeah, it's it's just called Strategy. So there uh, it's it's uh, it, there, there's maybe a tagline behind it, um, strategy forming and implementing or something like that. Um, okay. But the the key to the class is it's it's really about uh, taking the theological concepts and the uh, places that sometimes we pastors like to live in our heads and getting them uh, you know lived out in the world. So it's really where the rubber hits the road for ministry. Yeah, so I had the bright idea, I'd like to think, that I would invite David to offer the content uh, based on the material that he presents for his students at Duke Divinity, that he would provide some of that content to our listeners on Pastor Life Podcast. He said yes, and so here we are with Season 6 of Pastor Life Podcast, which David is calling Holy Experiments Strategy for Joining God's Mission in the World. So let's get started. Sounds great. Um, You know, I think maybe a good place to start is just to think about that word that is the name of the class that I teach at Duke, which is strategy. Strategy. Strategery. Yeah, I think we, uh, you know, as we were workshopping titles for this season, uh, I think one of the funnier ones that came up was maybe we should call it Christian Strategery. Didn't Um, we have a beloved president who uh, who coined it? Yeah, I was going to say, if you know, you know, right? (laughs) If you know, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, you know, it, it seemed maybe a little better title to to call it "Holy Experiments: uh, Strategy for Joining God on Mission in the World." And um, so each episode will really, you know, kind of have a little theme around it. And the the theme for this first episode, this first segment, is start with the ending. Um, so I think you know what I hope we'll do is think a little bit about what is strategy. And then what is the end of strategy? You know, what are we, what are we aiming for here? Um, so maybe we dive in with, with a little talk about what is strategy? Yeah. Yeah. We could totally do that. Just, um, you know, thinking, putting my pastor hat on and thinking about strategy. Um, there are times in ministry when I'm very aware of strategy um, a lot of the time, maybe most of the time, I'm not thinking about strategy. I'm obviously doing strategy as we do the work of ministry, right? You'll, I think you're yeah. going to say more about that. Yeah. I don't always think about strategy. Um, and so, um, so, yeah, I think that's a great place to begin. Let's talk about what it is, especially in the context of pastors and ministry. Well, and I think what you just said, is probably pretty typical, not just of pastors, but I think of all of us, right? Yeah. You know, whether we're thinking on a personal level or whether we're thinking in some sort of vocational level or leading an organization, um, the things that we do, that is our strategy. You know, there's a great line from Roger Martin, who is, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a guy who is probably one of the leading thinkers in the management world, teaches at the Rotman okay. School of Theology in Toronto. And we use a lot of his material. You know, it's not at all faith-based. Uh, it's really, you, you know, business world oriented. But a lot of the theory from Roger Martin is sort of underpinning the, the course that I teach. And okay. he's got this great line that, uh, that it, it's something like strategy is what you do, not what you say. It's a set of powerful interrelated choices that we make. So basically, you know, the thought would be that we all have a strategy. We all do strategy. Uh, and all you have to do to figure out what your strategy is, is look around, look around you. What is it that you're doing from day to day? Yeah. Um, that is your strategy. Um, it's the best answer to whatever your driving question is, uh, your reason for existence. It's the best answer that you've come up with so far. Doesn't mean that you can't have a better strategy or a more intentional strategy, but we all do have a strategy. It's what we're doing. It's the right. best way that we have figured out to do the things we feel called to do in the world at this point. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I think that could even apply to like, I've got a teenager who is kind of just uh, hanging out this summer. Um, and I, you know, I could talk to him about strategy. This is your strategy just to yeah. sort of hang out this yeah. summer, apparently. Right? Yeah, that's right. You know, if, if you say, Hey, I'm going to go out and get a summer job. Uh, but then you just sort of hang out most days. Uh, then, you know, the, the best thing you figured out, the best strategy you figured out toward moving for that goal is, uh, probably not going to be a very effective one, but it is right. a strategy. Right. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that might be interesting for um, church leaders to hear 
I don't, we don't talk at my church and my, with my board, we don't talk a lot about strategy, but we do an awful lot. Um, but just to think about, well, look, let's look around. What are we doing? This is basically our strategy. Is this the best strategy? Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And, and to think about using that kind of language with my, my board, I think they would enjoy um, talking about it in that way. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Mark Tidsworth, our pinnacle boss slash colleague, uh, he has talked a lot about our driving questions you know, so what, it, what are the questions that we're trying to answer with our life? Mm-hmm. And that those driving questions are, are the thing that sort of frame up what we do and they sort of draw us into the future. And so yeah. if, we, if we are intentional about thinking about that question, whether it's in our personal life or in our churches, you know, what is it that is driving us? What question are we trying to answer with what we do? And I think that's another angle into this conversation of, you know, the the way that we're answering those fundamental questions about why we exist and uh, what has God called us to do or to be in the world. You know, that's really sort of the building block or the, the, the starting point, I think, for being more intentional about our strategy. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And so would a strategy be to help church leaders identify the driving question then? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, when we get a, Yeah, when we get a couple episodes into this series, we'll really dive into some methodology and models. And I think absolutely figuring out your starting point, your um, winning aspiration. You know, what is it that is the thing that is out on the horizon that is calling you forth. And, and that's probably a good transition into, you know, if, if we think that strategy for a pastor or for churches ought to be somehow different from strategy in the business world, then we need to spend a little bit of time thinking about how it might be different how, quote unquote, Christian strategy, if we want to use that word, or faithful strategy, faith-filled strategy, um, how is it different from the strategy that you might read in one of Roger Martin's business-focused books? Yeah, yeah. And kind of what I go back to for that is that it really is the end of Christian strategy, the end point the thing that's out there on the horizon that makes what we do different, sets us apart. Um, Greg Jones, who was the dean at Duke Divinity School, and he actually was one of the co-teachers of this particular course that has been now handed off to me. Um, Greg talked about the thing that makes Christian leadership Christian is the end, the telos, you know, the, the thing that is calling us forward. Uh, in other words, the the idea that God is constantly making all things new and God's work in the world has a direction and an end point. And, and so if we operate within a story that has a hopeful um, recreation as its end point, um, then that really gives us a spot to work backward from, Uh, you know, it it gives us a point out on the horizon that's a North Star. Um, 
And so. Can you, can in, you pause there? Cause I'm not sure I yeah. follow this line. So are we talking yeah. like the eschaton? I mean, we're talking about the end yeah. of the end. Yeah. We're talking eschatology. Who knew right. we were going to get into eschatology okay, here? Right. <laughs> you know, I think we could also frame it up in a different way. Um, we could, we could frame it up, not just as like the eschaton and in, in the sense of, uh, you know, the end of all things. Right. Um, right. I don't but know. I, I don't could, know how to strategize for the, toward I, that. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> Well, let's start with, are you a premillennialist or a post? No, oh, I'm just God. kidding. <laughs> We're not going there. Thank you. Um, so uh, another way we can think about this is sort of what's the, what's the end game or what's the end goal or what are God's hopes for this world that God made? And so it, if, if what God is up to in the world is bringing about beloved community, um, okay. is seeking the reconciling of all things, um, is seeking the flourishing of all that God created. Well, then that becomes our end goal. So, so the Missio Day, right? That, that's day. language I can yeah. hang on to more than the eschaton, right? Yeah, that might the be better. Day. God, uh, so the, the mission the of telos God, right? would just be the the end to which we are moving with God. Uh, so I think okay. when I think of telos, that's kind of kind of where I'm thinking. So I think we anchor ourselves in terms of in terms of thinking strategically. And acting strategically, which I think we'll dive into that a little bit, but it's, it's not enough to think strategically. Um, so when you hear people talk about strategic thinking, um, we need to make sure that there's strategic acting that's going right. along with it. Strategy is what we do. But <laughs> the things that we do and the way that we think about those things, they, they ought to be, um, they, they ought to be, uh, focused on and and guiding being guided by the end to which we see God calling us. Yeah. Um, and so one way that ch that churches often do this and and we recommend through Pinnacle, it's one of the things we do at Pinnacle is help churches clarify their mission, their vision, their values and so if you have a clear mission statement, a clear vision statement, then then you um uh, arrive at the the vision through a particular strategy, right? Yeah, Without a clear right. vision or mission, then you might be kind of lost yeah. in space. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, so, you know, Greg Jones talks a lot about the ending being our starting point when it comes to, to thinking about Christian leadership or Christian strategy. Uh, there's a book called um, Playing God, by Andy Crouch, and uh, there's a real helpful way that he kind of he kind of echoes what Greg is saying about the ending, and then also kind of draws us back and anchors us in the beginning of our story as faithful people. Um, okay. So what he would say is that that many of us as Christians, Christian leaders, churches, um, that we've sort of truncated, sorry, we've sort of truncated our scripture, the story of God's work in the world. And many of us leave off the first two chapters of scripture and the last two chapters of scripture. And so for all those pastors listening, you know, they'll, they'll recognize creation stories in the first two yeah. chapters. And then sort of that part of revelation that really is about the, the recreation, uh, the new Jerusalem coming down, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the language even echoes the Genesis language, um, the, the, 
stream that runs no through the middle of the city. Yeah, 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 and yeah a stream yeah. that runs through the city and a tree that's growing at the bank of the river. And so you I've know, done a lot got, of funerals lately. And so I've used that text a time or two recently. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if, if we leave off those critical beginning and ending parts of our shared scriptural story, what we get is a story that begins in sin and ends in judgment. And what Andrew Cross would say about that is that it's neither good nor news. So it's definitely not good news. Yeah, Richard Rohr actually talks about uh, original sin and suggests that in the Genesis chapter 1, it's actually original blessing, right? Yeah, original yeah, blessing. He and the third day and... And it was, and he called it good. He, uh, how does that go? Yeah, good, 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 and then good, good, very good. good. <laughs> very and, good. You That's know, right. when 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 people, when, you know, when when the all the work of creation is done on the sixth day, God looks at it and it's very good. It's very so good. So Andy Krauss kind of builds on that and says, not only does Genesis one and two ground us in original blessing, but also in original power mm. um, and original creativity. And so part of the thought is that the right use of power under the divine creativity of God can really be something that we ought to reclaim when we think about the work that we do. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. a lot of times in our circles, you know, power might be a word we sort of distance ourselves from or yeah. always think about as evil. Um, but if we really look at the story of Genesis 1 and 2, the divine power to create and then to invite the human beings to be creators in the image of God, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps that idea of original blessing, original creativity, and original power to act in the world uh, are things that we need to reclaim uh, when we think about the work that we do. Hmm. I love that. It's um, more heady than I thought we were going to be today. Like you today. think of strategy, you think it's very pragmatic, right? Um, so yeah. you're framing it in, um, in a beautiful way. And I want uh, to just name that I called God he which I don't love, but the patriarchy is alive and well, even in me, apparently. So, Hey, you know, it happens, right? I, and, <laughs> and, and I, well, and it, it, yeah. So, you know, to me with this whole conversation about strategy um, and particularly <laughs> to think about how pastors and other church leaders or nonprofit leaders, how we might think strategically and act more strategically, intentionally, strategically. Um, yeah, I think it really is important to frame the conversation in this way, you know, yeah. to frame it in a sense of, you know, we live in between that beginning, the Genesis 1 and 2 story, and that ending, the Revelation 21 and 22 story. So all of the work of strategy that happens in our churches and our personal lives, it all happens in the messy middle in between those two things. Rob Bell talks about um, the two trees, like the tree of life in Genesis, yeah. and then it reappears in Revelation, and we live between the, the trees. And so all of our strategy is happening be between the trees. Between right? the trees, that's right. So, and, and I think that it, 
becomes an unhopeful activity or it becomes a atheological activity if we don't anchor our thinking and doing in the whole story of scripture, yeah, you know, from beginning to end, from Genesis to maps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, so kind of going back to, uh, to something that you brought up a little bit is, is what uh, delineates like Christian strategy for the church with the beginning and the end in mind from, um, you know, Southwest airlines or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think what you would say in terms of strategy for Southwest airlines or whatever business, um, you know, obviously the end goal is for them going to be winning in their market. However, that might be defined. And right. so, um, and in the money. corporate world, I mean, for business, right? It's going to primarily be about money, and it's yeah. going to be about meeting shareholders' expectations. You know, if you're a firm that's operating out in the world, your primary job, your primary role, is to return profits to shareholders. And so, you think everything in your strategy, uh, all the way up and down the spectrum, from very high level to very low level is going to be geared toward that. Now, I think you can have lofty aspirations as a business, and it can be about something more than simply making the most money possible and returning it to shareholders. But sure. I think yeah. that's almost always a part of the winning aspiration for a company. Uh, for a business. Um, you know, obviously we're hearing more and more about, you know, ESG um, and, you, you know, the the sort of soul of the the company out there in the business world. And th there really is a maybe a what market. ESG is. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So so it's basically a, a way to measure how how a company cares for the environment and for people and whether they put good forms of government and governance into place. So okay. in the ESG is environmental, uh, sustainable, gosh, I'm gonna have to look it up and post it <laughs> in the notes, um, but, but the G is governance. So governance. Um, the S, I, I want to say is sustainability, but I could be wrong Society. about that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, maybe it's social. Maybe it is environmental, social, and governance. I think you're right about that, actually. But, you know, this is basically, you know, when you hear of companies who are, you know, making a decision to build a plant that will be zero carbon emissions. So, so that may or may not be the best long-term financial decision for them. It might yeah, be. Right. It's probably not the best short-term decision in terms of returning profits to shareholders. Mm -hmm. But there's also a component to that decision that is based on realizing that there is added value out in the market because consumers might look to a company and say, I want to do business with that company because of their commitments that 
go broader than just generating profits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think you've got that in the business world, but I think for, for us as Christian leaders or as faithful leaders, if you want to kind of think just larger or more, you know, uh, ecumenical, um, yeah, I think for us, that really becomes the starting point, the calling card. You know, it's really, you know, it, it, it is throughout the whole strategic process. Yeah. The, the guiding light, you know, whether that is, um, you know, how we define that, I think, can be different from church to church or sure. nonprofit to nonprofit. Um, it will be different. Uh, but, but I think that the guiding star for us is not necessarily returning profits to shareholders. It's going to be something different than that. And I think that's, what's important to explore from the very beginning as churches and pastors, before we get to creating a strategic plan or putting methods and, uh, uh, models out there in front of people being very clear about why we do this work in the first place. Uh. Yeah, and it seems to me that, um, you know, as as we're in this narrative of church decline, fewer and fewer people in the United States and other places around the world are, are, you know, not participating in communities of faith. And why is that? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but at the end of the day, it's they don't see that it adds value to their life, I think. And so when we think about um, the nature of church communities, communities of faith, um, the value that I, well, among other things, but one of the primary values that we add to people's lives um, relates to meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether it's just through community and that adds meaning or a spiritual inquiry that adds meaning. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, 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 it this isn't disconnected from sort of boots on the ground uh, reality that, uh, that church leaders deal with every day is making sure we're providing value through adding meaning to people's lives. And, um, you know, I think that fits right into your, your T loss. Yeah, absolutely. David's T loss. David's T loss. <laughs> Maybe all of our T loss as, uh, as, as leaders. T loss I? Losses. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> don't take don't take me back to great class. Uh, it, well, and I think in terms of making meaning, you know, as a core component to what we do, uh, I think you also you include into that ritual, you include sure, into yeah. that storytelling. Absolutely. How do we how do we help people to reframe their own story? in light of this big story of God's work in the world. Mm -hmm. I think clearly those are things where we add value. Um, I think those are things where we exercise faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And and so one of the things, and I think as we move through this series, we'll dive deeper into this and we'll probably work out some of this and and learn from it as we go. but I think we have to sort of define for ourselves, you know, we'll, we'll look at this tool uh, in a couple of weeks on the pod. We'll look at this tool from Roger Martin and A.G. Laffley, who A.G. Laffley was the CEO of, of P&G, Procter & Gamble, you know, 
huge multinational company. And so Roger Martin and A.G. Laffley wrote this book called um, Playing to Win. And it sort of lays out a series of strategic questions that can kind of be a guide or a methodology for thinking about how we work more intentionally toward the goals that we've set before us. But from the Christian perspective, we've really got to, got to, got to figure out, you know, how to translate, uh, you know, their, their first question that a firm or company ought to ask in their view uh, in terms of developing strategy is what is winning? What is winning? So you, you sort of put that out in front of a, uh, a church board. What is winning? Well, we've got to kind of redefine what what that word what, or, or what word we ought to use there. Uh, right. So as I'm I've just imagining through, laying that question on my church board. <laughs> yeah. What kind of answers I might get. <laughs> yeah. So so sort of what is your winning aspiration? What does it look like to to you know what what are the the highest level goals that are calling you forward? And and so as I've worked through this myself and as I've worked through it with students, um, you know, we really work hard on what's the theological lens? Uh, how do we bring those sort of questions that can be really helpful from sort of the business world? How do we bring them in? But how do we have a theological reframing of them? Mm. And so that question for us, as we're trying to define our quote unquote winning aspirations, you know, it might be more about what is faithfulness or what is flourishing? Yeah. Um, what, what does a thriving church community look like? Or what is building beloved community? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we, we kind of take that question and reframe it in light of the beginning and the end yeah. that are peculiar or particular to to our story, our shared story. So, And it seems to me that this has shifted for a, a lot of us um, from what used to be that um, that the that winning back you know in the church that I grew up in was making more Baptists right <laughs> that, that was right. winning we we want people to become Baptist and and believe this set of doctrine or dogma and, and live like we do and you know and dunk them under the water <laughs> yeah add them right. to our um, roles <laughs> yeah yeah um, and and so you know. I think it's an interesting question now. I, I don't know that it used to be an interesting question because we knew the answer. It's to make more Baptists or Presbyterians or good Lutherans right. or whatever. Right. Um, so, well, David, I think um, this is a great conversation starter um, and, and a really good way to kind of open up our season just to get us thinking broadly and deeply about what strategy is and what it means for pastors um, as well as for our congregation members, um, our parishioners. Um, so uh, do you have anything else to add before we kind of wrap up this episode? Yeah, l- let me just add one thing. And this okay. is a thing that... Uh, and another thing. And another thing. <laughs> this has become my... So we started off with a definition for strategy from mm-hmm. Roger Martin, uh, that that strategy is not what we say, but what we do. This uh interrelated set of powerful questions and choices that we make. So I, 
I've given my little run at a definition of Christian strategy. Right, and so I'll kind of on. put that out there and then we'll, we'll dig into it in future episodes. So here's my working definition for quote unquote Christian strategy. So Christian strategy happens when divine creativity faithfully exercises power toward the flourishing of all God's creation. Mm-hmm. So say just it the, again. Let me yeah. see, let's let it sink in for my for my sake. So Christian strategy happens when divine creativity faithfully exercises power toward the flourishing of all God's creation. That's pretty good, David. So we'll unpack that a little bit more, but I think it has that grounding in the beginning and the end. Yeah. And it has that theological um, imperative behind it, you know, and, and it has an invitation from God. And I think that's really where we start here with strategy is we all as human beings, whether we're the pastor of a church or a lay leader or just a person out there in the world trying to, to follow Jesus more closely, um, we have been given a divine invitation to join God's mission in the world, to be creators along with God in this project that uh, that God is working on, even here in between the first creation and God's recreating work at the end of things. Um, you know, we're invited to be a part of that. And that's probably the place that I would start when we're thinking about strategy in the church. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Well, thank you so much for lending your expertise, and I look forward to the next episodes. Can you tell us, uh, can you tease out what the next episode will be? Yeah, so the next episode will be Seeing More Clearly. So if we're going to start down this path of developing strategy for our churches, we need to make sure that we're seeing the world around us um, and seeing ourselves more clearly. And there are a number of obstacles to that that we'll talk about next week. So so next week we'll be seeing more clearly, and then we'll dive into to methods and models. And then later on down the road, we'll probably talk a little bit about risk, failure, and grit. So we got a lot to cover in the days ahead. Yeah, that grit is a kind of a buzzword these days. I like that. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. Yeah, and if you want to find out more, we'll post some show notes uh, along the way. And if you want to know more about Pinnacle Leadership Associates, or if you want to know more about the podcast, you can check out our website at pinlead.com. That's P-I-N-N-L-E-A-D.com. Stay tuned for the next episode during this season six, which we're calling Holy Experiments, Strategy for Joining God's Mission in the World. Next episode will be Seeing More Clearly. See you next time. See you then.